Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 35 of Secrets of Shadowloo, and I really do have a, a big secret for you today. I think this is a pretty big insight into how Shadowloo works, uh, Shadowloo's approach to street fighting, which as we know makes up a, a shocking amount of their overall global domination agenda, but I must ask for your trust. I don't like to do that. I normally like to uh, present, I'm not going to say a sound case <laughs> for the arguments that I make on the podcast, but... I do marshal all the evidence and present it to you rigorously, as though it proved what I'm talking about. That's my usual MO, but not today, because I did that very thing. I went and gathered all my evidence for today, but I didn't save the document where I wrote everything down, and the computer updated. So anyway, I did a ton of digging for this episode, and the exact results are not now available to me, which means instead of accepting my argument on the basis of copious textual evidence, uh, you will have to accept it on the basis of your own goddamn eyeballs. Please go to the Instagram at the side-by-side -side images of Khan, the Shadowloo Gamma team member described on this page, here in the Harbingers Street Fighter team in the Shadowloo Warriors section, and the picture of Leander, another Shadowloo Gamma team member from this section. I think you'll agree, even on a visual basis, basically the same dude. There are some cosmetic differences to be sure. Leander has wavy hair. He's dressed in tight purple trunks. Leander is smiling and flexing. I'm sorry, my mistake. I'm actually reading my uh, separate document, things that are very fetching about Leander. But the point stands, these are minor cosmetic differences. Basically, what we have here are two big, beefy white guys with brown hair, very big, very strong, shaped like a V. Very similar visually. And the similarities aren't only cosmetic. You'll recall that Leander, the wrestler, grew up as a, a poor Greek fisher boy who had nothing in the world but natural brawn, his loving family, and some grown-ass fishermen who gamely wrestled him out on the docks. Then he worked, 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 and he trained, 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 and he fought, 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 and then eventually Shadaloo approached him and said, hey, you're a big kid, a talented fighter, you're very poor, will you please accept this money and come fight for us? And Leander said yes, but he's not really bad, he's just working for bad people. With that in mind, please enjoy this profile of Khan, who, I remind you, is on the same goddamn Street Fighter team, like three pages away in this book. Quote, this mysterious street fighter came straight from the streets of Philadelphia. He was recruited by Shadaloo because of his tremendous capacity for sheer destruction. The profile goes on to say, quote, Khan grew up having to fight for everything he ever wanted. He learned quite quickly that only the strong survive. He has a soft spot for underprivileged children, though, because he was there once himself. He works for Shadaloo because they give him more money and opportunities than anyone else ever has. However, Khan will probably begin to regret his decision once he begins to see the many injustices that the Shadaloo does. Once again, that is the text, and not me referring to it as the Shadaloo. Now, the only reason given for recruiting Khan on Shadaloo's part is his, quote, tremendous capacity for sheer destruction. That capacity comes down to two things. Number one, his size. To quote from his appearance entry, quote, a hulking muscular man in his late 20s. Khan stands six foot six inches tall and weighs 230 pounds. Now, as written, that's big, but not that big. Uh, I'm looking at a list of uh, professional wrestler heights and weights right now, which you can find at tpww.net if you don't have it um, taped up next to your workspace the way that I do. And none of these guys who are 6'6", people like Goldust, the Big Boss Man, uh, Magnificent Welsh Pony Mason Ryan, if you're an NXT wrestling fan listener, 
None of these guys weigh as little as 230, but I think we have to put that on the author because if you just look at Khan, you just look at his picture, he's tremendous. He's so broad. And in any case, 6'6 is real big. So this is a real big guy. And what style does he practice, you ask? Boxing. A relatively basic sporting style that he got into as a young child from a poor background, and then he was recruited by Shadaloo. Today's secret of Shadaloo is that Shadaloo has a type. They do employ a lot of different people from all over the world. I mean, don't get me wrong. Already we've seen matadors. We've seen triad favor brokers. Uh, we've seen orcs. But just because Shadaloo will hire anyone, that doesn't mean that they don't have an image of what they're looking for. They do. And that image is a man who was born poor, was gifted by puberty with freakish size, and then distinguished himself in a sport. Uh, speaking of pro wrestlers, this is not a million miles away from what Vince McMahon is looking for, by the way. The annals of pro wrestling are full of really big white guys from a sports background uh, who don't have a lot else going for them. But this is very striking about Shadaloo. I only noticed it here because Khan and Leander are so similar, especially for being on the same team and so close in the book. You can't miss the fact that this is basically the same character except that one wrestles and the other one punches. But in fact, this trend holds throughout really all of the published material for the Street Fighter storytelling game. I went through the core book, Secrets of Shadaloo, uh, the adventure called The Perfect Warrior, another supplement, The Player's Guide, as well as an issue of White Wolf's magazine, Inophobia, that had a, a three-person alpha team of Street Fighters. I also read the book of NPC Street Fighters called Contenders that White Wolf put out. I made a list of all the Shadaloo fighters from all those books combined. I excluded M. Bison because obviously he didn't recruit himself, and I eliminated two very strange characters who were essentially created by Shadaloo rather than recruited. One of them is like a cyborg woman who doesn't know that she was created in a Shadaloo lab. And the other one, believe it or not, is a Spanish ninja who failed Vega and he was punished by having his brain replaced by the brain of a 13-year-old girl. That's a whole composite situation. There's no indication of where this little girl came from. Just too many questions. So I just dropped that one. But among Shadaloo recruits who are not created by Shadaloo and who aren't in Bison, there are, I think, 27 of them across all the books. Fully a third of them, nine of them are men who were born poor and either are freakishly large, come from a sports background, or both, mostly both. I mean, we've already seen one in this book, Sagat. Born poor, super tall, distinguished himself in uh, Thai kickboxing before he became a street fighter. In addition to those nine, uh, there are four more that are like possibly or implied to be characters who match these criteria. Some of them are said to come from a rough background, but not necessarily a poor background. But if you add in those four who are likely fits for this profile, Almost half of the Shadowloo fighters presented in this whole game line are beefy sports stars born into poverty. For an agency recruiting fighters from every corner of the world and every martial arts style, this is pretty remarkable. And I can't tell you exactly why this is, but I can take a guess. It goes back to street fighting superfan M. Bison. M. Bison himself is not this guy. His appearance entry in this book describes him as of medium height. Portrayals of his build vary especially in the video games where there are some wonky canonical reasons for that that I won't get into. But as portrayed here and as portrayed in the, the video games that this storytelling game is working with, uh, he's not particularly a big guy. He, he's, he's medium height, medium build, and he doesn't come from a competitive fighting background. He, he was a mercenary, right? And then a gun runner and then a dictator. Street fighting is a hobby for him, as we've discussed. So he isn't really this type, but he's a big fan of street fighting. So I think this is a situation where we have kind of an ascended fan, uh, somebody who starts from a position of fandom, but then becomes influential enough to actually affect the industry. 
And M. Bison, I think, is totally fine with being a person of average build, average height, who has brutally effective military combat techniques supplemented by cosmic meteorite mojo. But that's not what he wants to watch. He wants to watch really big V-shaped guys who are like macho sports types and just wail on each other. Bison is not going to train these guys to replace him. He's not going to elevate them to a position where they're running a lot of territory. I mean, usually. Balrog, once again, exceptionally huge man born into poverty who excelled in a sport before Shadowling recruited him. But generally speaking, I don't think Bison is hiring these big beefy dudes to promote them, nor do I think that this is Bison like just looking for eye candy or trying to get laid. I don't think he's like Vega, who has set standards for his hiring that are transparent proxies for fuckability. I just think M. Bison likes to see really big guys fight. That's probably why he started watching street fights in the first place, and that's fine. I respect it. If you like watching big, meaty, wedge-shaped men punch, chop, and throw each other, I'm not going to say you're wrong, especially if you're M. Bison. It's his ill-gotten money. He can hire whoever he wants. I just think it's interesting. And there have got to be some organizational consequences from filling so many positions with big, thick sports stars who come from desperate poverty. It's going to be a weird company culture there in the middle of the pyramid, as if we didn't know that already. But of course, not all Shadowloo employees, not even at the middle of the pyramid, are street fighters. There are many positions open for criminals and scumbags of a more weaselly variety. Join me next time for one of those as we wrap up the Harbingers on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>